Another thing that McConnell acknowledged today when he was announcing that he was stepping down is that he's out of step with the majority of the Republican Party on national security, with his views on that. How would you define what the foreign policy view of the Republican Party is today? I think they're different. Uh, you know, avenues of, of uh, perspective on that. And my own, my own view is that, and I do believe that the majority of our caucus, of the, of the Republican uh, senators, believes that we should play an active role in the world and that we should defend freedom in places where it's under attack. I think, for instance, if, uh, if Taiwan were attacked, you'd see the great majority of the Republican senators say, we need to help, help uh, Taiwan, I want to give it weapons so it can defend itself. Um, I, I believe that uh, if there's a plain vote just to give weapons to Ukraine, the Republican senators will support that. Some were unhappy with support for the government of Ukraine, didn't want to vote for uh, the Ukraine funding on that basis. But I, I think the majority of our group feels that uh, we are better off in America if we defend the cause of freedom around the world. Otherwise, bad people, terrible authoritarians like Vladimir Putin are going to ultimately uh, attack NATO nations, and we're going to be required by, by treaty uh, to send our own soldiers into harm's way. Uh, or we can walk away from NATO and blow up a, an alliance which has helped preserve um, a, a, a global peace, among, at least among the major powers, for the last 75 or 80 years. I was just in Ukraine uh, sitting down with President Zelensky. They are deeply worried that, that your colleagues in the House, Republicans in the House, aren't going to send them any more aid, that they are going to stand in the way. I mean, what responsibility do you believe Republicans will bear for setbacks on the battlefield for Ukraine if they don't pass any more aid? Well, if, if we don't pass aid for Ukraine, then I think Ukraine uh, has a very difficult time preserving their uh, geographic integrity and, and life. You're going to have a lot of people uh, who lose their life as Russia runs across uh, Ukraine. And, and that will make it very clear to people around the world that you really can't trust America's word, because we made a commitment in 1994 uh, to, uh, to respect the sovereignty of Ukraine, to help defend the, the people of Ukraine if they were attacked. And that's what's happening. And if we walk away from that, uh, they won't trust our word. Europe will say, hey, uh, the United States is not with us. We're not going to be with them if there's something they want to do in the Pacific, for instance. Let them deal with China. Let America deal with China and the issues there. So we're, we're strong uh, globally, in part because of our friends. Uh, we, we have alliances. We always talk about how the Russians and the Chinese don't have the kinds of friends we have. Well, we have friends in part because we stand together. And if we don't stand with our friends, we will lose strength, and that will ultimately come to hurt us. So you disagree with your colleague, Senator J.D. Vance, who is making the argument that $60 billion more dollars won't fundamentally change Ukraine's stance on the battlefield. Yeah, that, that is an interesting point. It just happens to be as accurate as it is irrelevant. All right, it may not change their stance on the, on the battlefield. What it does do is communicate to the entire world that we honor our commitments and we stand with our friends and we will, we will help freedom fighters around the world who are our friends and, and allies. And that's a message which is important to the people in Taiwan, to the people in Japan, to the people in India, to the people in Europe. I mean, all these people are watching to see, can you count on America? Or is America so isolationist, it doesn't care what happens to the rest of us? If that's the case, by the way, if we cede leadership, if we're no longer the leader of the free world, if we're no longer the arsenal of democracy, then the world is going to look for different leaders. And I know at least one player that's happy to step into that role, and that's China. And, and a world where Xi Jinping is the leader of the world is a very dangerous world and not good for America, not good for our businesses, for our economy, but certainly not good for our freedom. It's also pretty amazing to hear you just put it in this simple perspective that if House Republicans block more money to Ukraine, 
lives will be lost in Ukraine as a result of that. There's no question about that. Lives will be lost there, and, and Vladimir Putin will not stop. He may take some time to rebuild his military because it's been decimated by the, the ill-considered uh, attack uh, uh, on Ukraine, but he will ultimately go after uh, other nations in the Baltics, uh, Latvia, Lithuania, potentially Poland. Those are possibilities. Georgia. I mean, he will continue. He has indicated he wants to rebuild the, uh, the Russian Empire, if you will. And, uh, and those are NATO nations. We're obligated under treaty to come to their defense. We, we are, uh, it would be pound, uh, excuse me, pennywise and pound foolish uh, to say we're not going to help Ukraine with weapons when the next step is a place where under treaty we would be obligated to help with not just weapons but, and funds, but blood. And uh, we, we need to make sure that the, the world knows we will stand with Ukraine. I can't guarantee, as, as J.D. Vance indicates, that this is going to mean that, that uh, Ukraine is successful on the battlefield. But I can guarantee it shows the world that we'll stand by our friends. Do you agree with President Zelensky's analysis that, that Trump doesn't really understand Putin because he's never fought him? Uh, you know, I don't know that uh, I can uh, enter into the mind of Donald Trump uh, and understand his perspectives. Uh, I, I, uh, I think he shows more respect for Vladimir Putin than Vladimir Putin uh, deserves. Uh, Donald Trump has said some strange things like, well, okay, Putin has killed some people, but our president's killed people too. It's like, yeah, but our presidents don't kill their political opponents and members of the media, all right? Our presidents may take us to war to protect our freedom and our interests as we understand them. That's very different than murdering political opponents and murdering members of the media and incarcerating uh, journalists. Uh, these are the things Vladimir Putin does. Uh, and attacking a sovereign nation, Ukraine, without provocation, and killing tens of thousands of people, kidnapping children. This is a very bad guy uh, based upon our values and I think the values that uh, are shared by people throughout the world. And, and, uh, and I think uh, it's fine for a president and a former president to talk to leaders of other nations, but be clear-eyed, Vladimir Putin is a very bad person. Nikki Haley, who is challenging Donald Trump for the Republican nomination, is in your home state today campaigning. She's gotten a lot of support from, from other top Republicans in your state. But her argument and what she told your constituents today is that if Trump's the Republican nominee, your party is going to lose the election. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I don't necessarily agree with that. That's a good campaign line, I'm sure. But so you I, think I, he could win? Oh, I, sure, I think he can win. I mean, today it's kind of a, a toss-up. But if the election were actually held today, I think he'd probably win. Uh, I can't tell what's going to happen over the next nine months or so, but... Uh, what does it mean if he does win? Well, uh, a dramatic change in, in our foreign policy. I think the people around the world say, okay, America is no longer the leader of the free world and the arsenal of democracy. It's not the shining city on a hill. It's now an isolated island. Um, and uh, there's some things, by the way, Donald Trump does better than Joe Biden a lot. There, Joe Biden has made extraordinary mistakes on the immigration front. It's embarrassing how bad he's been. Yeah, I know you care deeply about the border, and yeah, yeah. So, so he's made it terrible. And Donald Trump did a lot of smart things when he was president. On the foreign policy front, it would be a dramatic departure from our uh, posture over the last seventy-five or eighty years. That, by the way, has not only kept us safe uh, and, and free from attack, but has also allowed us to build an extraordinarily strong economy and have a income per person in America about a third higher than people in Europe. But can I just ask? I think that. Those comments there may raise some questions for people watching at home. Would you vote for Donald Trump over Joe Biden? No, 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 absolutely not. I mean, for me, there, there are two factors in deciding who I want to have as the leader of my country and, and the person who is the example of the president for my kids and my grandkids. One is their position and policies. 
And on foreign policy, I'm, I'm not aligned with, with Donald Trump, at least as I understand his policy. On domestic policy, yeah, I align with many of his domestic policies. But there's another dimension besides policy, and that's character. And I think what America is as a nation, what has allowed us to be the most powerful nation on earth and the leader of the earth is the character of the people who have been our leaders, past presidents, but also mothers, fathers, church leaders, university presidents, and so forth. Having a president who is so uh, defaulted of character uh, would have an enormous impact on the character of America. And for me, that's the, the primary consideration. Senator Mitt Romney, thank you for coming on The Source tonight. Thanks, Caitlin.